0: Well, oh, they're getting there. So God spoke to me quite clearly during the week. So instead of cardboard boxes, I've ended up with a back- backpack on my back, which will become clearer later. <laughs> right, we can start. So um, I think Paul said it last week and Joseph said it and plenty of other people said it. You, you have something planned and then God intervenes and wants you to change it. Not that what you were going to say beforehand wasn't valued, but God has something to say to the church. So I feel a little bit vulnerable this morning because I'm not quite as well prepared as you like, but I want to just do what the Lord s- says and say what the Lord says. So maybe Eden's probably got a better way of organising my notes than I have. <laughs> um, So we'll see how it goes. So the verse I was reading, and I apologise because it's quite bright, it's not easy to read, but it's 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, and it says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength to do his work. Okay, that's the bit that wasn't in bold, by the way. It's the second half of the verse that was the bit that was in bold. And it says, he considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. And that was, you know, that's pretty good. This is Paul saying this, but actually it's true of all of us. That God has considered us trustworthy and appointed us to serve him. But it wasn't even those ten words that I like. It was the next two words that really uh, sang out to me. Um, and in fact, the verse thirteen the first two words of verse theme 13, thirteen does anyone have an idea what two words can make a big difference to this statement i won't i won 't put you in the misery don't you read do that even though okay even though Jesus considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him even though so that even though that really has been playing on my mind this week and just given me Uh, pause for thought you see paul goes on to say about his own personal experience and his own personal reasons why he might he could have thought that actually christ really shouldn't have have trusted him because paul goes on to say he considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him even though i used to blaspheme the name of christ in my insolence i persecuted his people but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and the love that come from Jesus. Paul had a very, um, uh, his past was well known. You know, he did persecute Christians. That was his job. He did blaspheme. He was not a nice person before he met Christ and i don't know what your experience is before you met christ um and whatever that may may, be maybe a lot of blasphemy maybe got into trouble but you can say even though because of my past you know because of god's grace and mercy so for me my testimony is not as good as paul's because it says he considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him even though i was a naughty boy because I was only 7 when I became a Christian so I didn't actually really persecute other Christians or I didn't really do a lot of blaspheming so I can't got the same testimony as Paul but do you know it's not just about what happened in our previous life what happened before we became we came to know Christ it's to do with the way we feel about ourselves, it's to do with the way we perceive ourselves and the, and the failings we have and we can say, even though I'm not really worthy, God has chosen to serve me, to jo- God has chosen to trust me and appoint me to serve him, even though, and we can list our failings. You know, we all like to carry with us baggage, Emotional baggage. Something I think is part of a human, uh, just the way we are as humans, we like to carry baggage, which is why I've got the backpack. and I'm glad we got this page already. I can't remember if this is the right page, but we're on it now. and uh, But it does mean I can take this backpack off. Because we do like to carry baggage, emotional baggage. And it can be full of all sorts of stuff. Some... Some things, you know, pens. Well, you can always have pens. Well, pens are always useful, aren't they? Okay. You also carry emotional baggage. You know, it could be, could be scrap paper. could be useful. You never know. Sorry? Kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you carry things that actually are pretty pointless. That on its own doesn't actually do much. Um, although my granddaughters may be missing it this morning (laughs) because they're at home playing. But I carry it anyway, you know. It has no real value, no real meaning, but, you know, you never know when a piece of Brio track could become useful. You just never know. You know, one day you're thinking, oh, that's what I need, is that. So I carry it with me. Oh, and one of them, I carry half a a bridge as well because half a bridge is better than no bridge at all. And, you know, they're just just full of stuff. Books. (coughs) Things that remind us of our past. (coughs) All sorts of broken bits. We like to carry emotional baggage. Clearly, I'm not suggesting we carry around these things. But, you know, we have things in our lives that actually have no real value. We carry things that just slow us down because for some reason we like to do it. It can be just our past failings. It can be just mistakes we've made. It can be guilt. We carry around guilt. It can be just a low self-esteem. Perhaps we carry as a burden a heavy workload or responsibilities that we have. Maybe our burden that we carry around is a lot of anger, a lot of, un, uh, just we can't get rid of the anger, but just full of frustration. Or well, there may be loss. There's so many things that we like to carry around as baggage. And Jesus said, didn't he, come to me, all you who are heavy burden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And we just sometimes need to release this baggage and lay it at Jesus' feet. And it's not a one-time-only deal. I don't know what you, you, where you live is like. We are very fortunate in some respects in our house to have a very large loft space. It has, a, has a, advantages and disadvantages. The advantage is we can store a lot of stuff up there. The disadvantage is we can store a lot of stuff up there, <laughs> and every sound now, now and again we go up there and we think this is just full of stuff that we think we might need, but let's just shove it up in the roof because we've got people coming around, you know, just just put it out the way out of sight. And then two or three years later, it's still there, out of sight, <laughs> and you've never needed it. And so regularly, periodically, we will go up, go up there, and we start and right haven't used that, just get rid of it. Haven't used that, just get rid of it. Just start yeah. getting rid okay. of this accumulation yeah. of stuff that it has no real value. And then there are stuff when you get, I don't know what you're like if you clear your roof out, but you get further and further in and your resolve starts to weaken. <laughs> and you think, oh, oh I remember that. Oh you never know, that might, that might be. So you never quite clear your roof <laughs> unless you're planning on moving house right. and then you have to get rid of it we a <coughs> d- uh, dear friend of ours him and his wife moved house a few years ago they downsized from a huge five-bedroom house to a one-bedroom flat Whoa. he never considered the stuff he had in the roof till the day we went to move him and it was just s- tons of it and um, we had to hire st- storage in the end so we could put it somewhere And he go back and vainly uh, get rid of it all. You know, there's a lot of paperwork, a lot of stuff, but he thought it had value. But actually, it doesn't have value. And so we need to periodically just lay stuff at Jesus' feet to pour it out, to say, you know, I've been holding on to this stuff, and it's actually not that precious. Lord, just take it over. Take it from me. We sing, don't we, because his love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. We can keep going back and going back to the feet of Jesus and just pouring out our heart, pouring out our baggage. Say, Lord, this is yours. I know one of the things that, that, that as, as I said before, there's lots of things that we consider baggage. One of the things that's been really on my mind this week is we do like to carry a lot of guilt. We do like, in our backpack, to just carry guilt. Just to s- the things that w- we've done wrong, the things that we've said, the actions we've done, the things we thought, and perhaps other people don't know about it, but it really bothers us. It's there, it's just niggling at us. We feel really guilty. I just want you all to go back one i just read again. I really do apologise about the the text. But it says, Paul says, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, in my insolence I persecuted his people. Is he saying that out of guilt? Is he saying that out of regret? If you reread it, he's not. He's actually saying, I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence I persecuted his his people. But God had mercy on me. So it's not a guilt, it's not a regret, it's a rejoicing that God had mercy on him. That he was filled with the faith and love that come from Christ. So although it was relevant to Paul because it happened, and he's not going to forget it, it wasn't a burden to him, it wasn't a guilt, it wasn't something he regretted. It was just something that made him rejoice in the love and the grace and the mercy of God. (coughs) He's not in denial about his past. It's not weighing him down. He has been released from the guilt. Hebrews 10 says, let us draw near to God with a a sincere heart and with a full assurance that faith brings having a heart sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. We are not designed to carry a guilty conscience. We have been forgiven by Jesus. Sometimes God forgives us, yet somehow we forget to forgive ourselves. Yeah. And yes, there is true that when we, when we hurt someone else, we do have to take steps to repair that damage. But so often, even when we've done that, it's still weighing us down, it's still baggage, it's still guilt about what we have done. But there's another thing that I just, again, has been on my heart this week. And as I say, I was quite unsure uh, speaking about this this morning because it came a little bit out of the blue. But I've had so many affirmations in the last 24 hours that, that, you know, this is what we should be talking about. And even Mel this morning while she was praying was praying about um, laying uh, our burdens at the feet of Jesus. I thought, yes, this this has got to be right. But you know, many people in society suffer from a lack of self-esteem, a lack of self-worth, and and some sort of understanding that they—they seem to have this understanding they're just not good enough. And society kind of promotes that in the way we use media and the way we glorify certain people, and we kind of have this impact that actually we're really not good enough. But that's not a problem for Christians, is it? We all feel fine. We're all good, aren't we? (laughs) Or are we not? It's a shame, but as Christians, who are we are so individual, individu- we're so valued by God, that we yet we have this lack of self-esteem, that we find difficult to see value in ourselves. I've, um, for many years, I, which is why I uh, use a lot of visual aids. But I, for many years, I taught young people in a Bible class, teenagers. You have to have vigilades, and so that's kind of where it comes from. But one of the verses I used to, one of the passages I used to love talking to them about, was the the, the, the two great commandments. The second commandment, our first great commandment is to love your God uh, as as um, love your God with all your heart, all your soul. I can't read that. My glasses. i Have to do that, with that. And with all your strength and with all your mind. Second one I can remember. What's the second commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. And so we say, well, so, you know, you, you, you read in the scriptures, say, so right, who you've got to love? You say to these young people, who you've got to love? And they say, well, you've we got to love God. And we've got to love our neighbor. And, of course, then you go into the, oh I have to go into the whole rigmarole about it, It's not just your next-door neighbor, okay? It means more than that. So you go through all that. And then you say, well, who else have you got to love? They, well, that's it. I so said, no, it's not. It's love yourself you know, if we loved our neighbours the way we love ourselves, I think they'd be pretty upset. Wouldn't they? Because we seem difficult to love ourselves. Yet Christ loves us. Jesus loves us. We are made in God's image. He loves us. Full stop. There's one thing we're really good at is thinking we're not good at anything. You know, God prompts us to serve. But quite often when he asks us to do something, we think, well, there's somebody better than me who can do it. It's not down to me. We do need to learn to see ourselves the way God sees us. We sing a song a bit like that, don't we? I, I just wish that would be true. We could see ourselves the way that God sees us. But again, I just, Go back to that verse 12. He considered me trustworthy. I'm not trustworthy. That's my wife. <laughs> I, mean, well I am not too bad. But I'm always making mistakes. I'm always letting people down. If you have a friend who you're quite close to, but who constantly messes up, who doesn't turn up when you arrange to meet at the cafe, or when you tell them something in confidence, you find they've told somebody else. They do that two or three times. You're going to stop trusting them, right? It's not what you do. You need somebody you can depend on. I keep messing up in, in my Christian life, but God continues to trust me. God's entrusted me with his work, even though I fail. Now, that's not human logic. That's, that's God. That's the way God thinks. He trusts us and he's appointed us to serve him we're called christ's ambassadors aren't we i don't know if you consider the role of an ambassador we know we know what an ambassador is they usually get recalled from a country when there's when there's political problems but basically uh, a, a, an ambassador a british ambassador abroad he is the ambassador of the queen and of her government. And when he speaks, he speaks on their behalf. If he speaks on his own behalf, he's out, he's back. He'll be, in a, he'll be doing a desk job. But more importantly, if something needs done and he's doing it officially, he's not doing it in his own abilities. He has the full backing, authority and force of the, qu- of the Queen and her government. And in the same way, We feel kind of worthless sometimes, but we are Christ's ambassadors. We speak with authority. We speak with the authority of the living God. And we do so in his power and his own strength. The minute we try to do things on our own strength, we're back to a desk job. Well, you know what I mean. You know, non-Christians... Ironic, isn't it? But non Christians expect us to be perfect. Right. Don't they? You do something wrong at work and they say, Well, I thought you were a Christian. Right. You ever thought in God's eyes you actually are perfect? But here's the irony. It's our being imperfect, it's our failings that is the greatest testimony to non Christians. If only we could get that across to them. Because we're saying, look, we're not perfect, but God loves me. You're not perfect, God loves you. In this passage, Paul goes on to say, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me, so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then the others will realise that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. It's our failings that make us a good testimony. It's our failings that make us uh, a good servant of God. So in the same way, it's our failings, our weakness, our past that make us perfect servants of God. Uh, Angie, not here this morning, but she was at a Hillsongs conference for women over the last uh, two or three days up in London, 12,000 women worshipping and praising God. And she was really full of it when she came home last night and still was this morning. She was telling me this lovely story this morning that one of the, the, the speaker at the front was was sharing. Uh, she was American, so the story is slightly Americanized, But Steve, you'll be fine with this. <laughs> Apparently, she she and her husband they bought a a joint present for their two young sons. It's one of these. Um, it f- it f- it's a baseball machine, and it fires. You put the baseball in, it fires at you, so you can you can. It's batting practice, is that right? Yeah. I guess you have the sims, similar thoughts thing in tennis. And it just fires this b- you have to have your, your helmet on and your bat and your gloves. And it fires a ball at you, you have to 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 hit it back. And she was saying, you know, my youngest son is fearless, brave, doesn't care about anything and he just stood there and he just kept swing the bat, didn't always hit it, but sometimes he hit it and when he did hit it it went miles, you know. So that was good. But the other son was less confident and he just didn't want want to do it. He said, no, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I can't. I'm scared. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And the mum was going, yes, you need to do it. Come on, yes, you're fine. There's no, nobody watching. It's also freezing cold and I want to go back indoors. So the sooner you get out and do it, the better. <laughs> and he did not want to do it. Eventually, he did it. And what this woman was sharing at the conference yesterday was what she didn't know and what her son didn't know is her husband, the loving father of the son, had sneaked around the back and adjusted the settings on the machine so it just came out gently. And God's... It's just a beautiful picture, isn't it? God wants us to serve him. But he... He holds, back. he never puts us in a position where we can't do that job. We may think we can't, but there's always. He always steps in, and just because he loves and cares, just as that father loved and cared for his son, wanted to build up his confidence. So God loves and cares for us, never puts us beyond something we can't, we can't do and can't achieve. But Steve here, um, had sorry, Steve on the pick, on <laughs> he had a couple of experiences. C- he He was asked to do two things this morning, that were uh, above and beyond his other duties, and um, one of them was to become a locksmith because (laughs) we had problems with the garage door with all the equipment thing. And you really struggled with that, didn't you? But you did it, (laughs) and you called on um, Paul, who is, by the way, how problems with locks. Paul's Paul's amazing at this. (laughs) He helped me out last week as well. But Paul came, and between you, you got it sorted. Then Joy asked Steve to to transpose the music for a song while she was finishing off the practice. That was easy. That was in your comfort zone, wasn't it, Steve? That was not a problem to you. Sometimes God asks us to do things that he's given us, the gifts, the abilities that we feel really comfortable about. But sometimes he just calls on us to do something more. And he's looking for us to step out in faith. Sometimes we feel we're not not doing anything, we're just being us, but actually we're serving God. Pamela, thank you for your testimony this morning, but you kind of said at one point I felt redundant, but God was using you, you know, you were there, and sometimes we do things we don't don't know what we're doing, but God is using us because of our failings, because of who we are, because of what we are. I was going to try something, but I think I'm not going to now. But I would just encourage us all to just consider what it is in our life that is perhaps holding us back. There are things that are holding us back. They're not things that God has put in our way. They're things we're using to step away from serving God. I was going to... Um, this is my shredder. I was going to suggest we... Uh, we do something different with the shredder but I just it was a, a little picture to me um with the shredder I've had this shredder for years I, n- I mean for years and years when they first kind of came out and um it only does one thing it shreds paper okay it's quite um I don't even do that <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing what power does. <laughs> There's power, power in the name of Jesus. That's what it's saying, isn't it? That's what it does. It shreds paper. Yeah, yeah. But it worked. has got very little capacity. Way too noisy, especially when you're it's right in here, but when you've got it a little office, it's, it's way too noisy. But the biggest, when well it only does two pieces of paper if you're lucky. <laughs> and that was my notes I just shredded, but I think it was the <laughs> right one. But the problem with that shredder is it keeps getting jammed. Time and time again, it gets jammed. So you have to unplug it. You have to take it apart. You have to pull all the paper out. Then you have to put it all back again. You have to plug it back in. But it always works again, straight away. But I got fed up with it. So um, I I spent a bit of money. And I've got one of these all singing or dancing shredders. I don't know if you've seen them. Much bigger capacity really quiet. You can put about 10 sheets of paper through. Doesn't matter if you haven't taken out the staple or paper clip. It just munches through the lot. So if you've got a CD or a DVD you can just put it in there. It just shreds it. It's an amazing bit of kit. And it was fine. It was great. And then after about 18 months it just stopped working. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad I got empathy going. <laughs> it just stopped working. So do you know what? I like my machine. <laughs> uh, you know, that was a couple of years ago. And I'm back to my machine. Do you know what? It's faulty, but it's faithful. And I love it. It's simple. It just does one job, but it does it well. And you can keep putting it back together. And I just thought that was an example of our Christian life. You know, we all look up to these, to wonderful Christians, as we should. But we can't all be like that. God calls us to do something. He just wants us to be faulty but faithful. To be weak but, and to be willing. We are of far more use and far more value to God in that position. I just pray that God has spoken to you. We've talked about these things before, but I really feel because God is r- asking us to him speak on these subjects Again and again, Joseph spoke on something similar the other week. God is really trying to break through. And I just want you to, to consider these things. And I will say now, and we won't do a public thing, there's paper there, there are pens there. Paper and the pens are now together. If you wanted to, after the service, just go and write down some of the things that you feel are holding you back. Some of the things that you feel are holding on. And then when you have written there, you just come and use a shredder. Because you're just saying, these things are of value to me. They're relevant to me, but to God, they're not relevant to you. And I'm shredding them. You can't do it sur- surreptitiously because it's rather noisy. Ra- rather noisy shredder. But I would encourage you, just as a physical way of just getting rid of the burden, to lay our burden at Jesus' feet. But not only to lay our burden, I think that the point is Paul's testimony. You know, we were saying Paul's testimony, he considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. That's one thing. His real testimony is even though. It's his failure, it's his past mistakes, it's his weakness. That is the testimony. And it's the same with us. It's our weakness. It's our inability. Because when we step out in faith to do something that we are feel totally incapable, incapable of doing, totally worthless, that is when God steps in and bridges the gap. That is when God can step in and complete the work. Because if he can't do that, then it just becomes a work, our work and not his work. But God steps in and bridges the gap. And I felt there this morning just about, I wasn't really prepared when I arrived. But I just felt, God, and, you know, you want to say this. I'll put myself in the embarrassing position up front and you just fill the gap. So let's just pray and then we'll have um, plenty of time for refreshment. Father we just thank you for your love for us we just uh, we want to know more of it this morning Father you've spoken to us this morning you've spoken to our intellect but Lord we just want you to speak to our hearts speak to our spirit Lord may we know that it is our failures our weaknesses our inconsistencies that are so valuable to us to you it is our our failings and make us suitable to work for you, to serve for you. we just thank you, Father, that you trust us yeah. and that you have appointed us, you have a role for us to play, play, and even though we don't feel ready or even uh, capable, we just thank you that we just want to come to you and just say, "Here am I, send me. We just want to be willing. whatever situation we, we, we find ourselves in this week. Lord, help us just show your love. We sang, and we let our let your love shine out. Lord, we want to just shine your love in situations. We don't necessarily want to say words, we just want to show your love in practical ways to people around us, to our neighbours. Help us to love the people around us, but help us too to love ourselves. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you want to pray if you want someone to pray with you or you know to speak about it, um, please do. <coughs> I am having a, a little prompt from the back. Just just to thought there must there might there might be five cards to be signed. So again those cards are such a blessing when you receive a card. Just just go and and share that share that love. Just in the written way. So and um, Steve will do a drawing. <laughs> <laughs> Steve you got five drawings. Five <laughs> drawings to do. You better get started. Bless you.